Major, major pickup by Ole Miss in the transfer portal, and it's starting to look like the offensive and defensive line is starting to percolate a little bit. Should be a lot of fun as we go towards the finish line. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, welcome to Locked On Ole Miss Podcast. I am your host, Stephen Willis. Thank you very much for tuning in, and thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. So go to YouTube, subscribe to the channel, hit the bell so notifications come down from above, and participate in the conversation by commenting down below and upvoting the video itself. We'd appreciate it. Big commitment, big day for Ole Miss football yesterday. Caden Priestcorn. Committed to the Ole Miss Rebels, the tight end out of Memphis. And he is a remarkable prospect himself. And his his career path mirrors an awful lot of what Dawson Knox went through. He went to Memphis as a walk-on quarterback, grew into a tight end, became a late bloomer. And all of a sudden, he was an all-conference tight end by the time he had a year left of eligibility. The difference between him and Dawson Knox is this guy had the potential to go there and like challenge himself even more. So he's coming down to Oxford to see what's going on, and I look forward to seeing what he can do inside this offense. Now, whenever Lane Kiffin had Harrison Bryant down at FAU, and I'm not necessarily comparing this kid to Harrison Bryant, I'm just saying whenever you had a dominant tight end in the offense, the offense moved a lot better. Even with Charlie Weiss as the offensive coordinator, he was there at that period. The lack of a tight end crippled this offense this season. For whatever reasons, Michael Trigg has not worked out yet. And I am not willing to call him a four-year complete bust because that's not true. When Matt Corral was at the same point of his collegiate career, he was being benched. He was going through all sorts of problems. The light had not yet cut on. There's still hope for Trigg. Don't don't count him out at all. But I like this move because Trigg has shown that he is not able to be counted on at this point. You need a tight end option. This offense just doesn't perform well without a tight end. Now you have that option in Caden Priestcorn. He's a kid that caught... I think nearly 60 passes last season at Memphis for nearly like 600 yards or 50 passes for 1,600 yards, seven touchdowns, something like that. Very productive and very consistent. No matter who the opponent was, it was between two and six catches per game, period. And he had one game against East Carolina that he went over 100 yards. He had like seven catches in that game. But most of them was in that two to five to six range. Most of his catches... If you look, the splits was on first down. That's whenever he was the most utilized, and it actually went down. um, Like He had less third down catches than second down catches, less second than first. So he's kind of a got you receiver at this point, and I, I can see where the transition to becoming the guy would be in his best interest and was something that he would want to do. And... It is difficult to make that jump, especially when you're coming from walk-on quarterback to all of a sudden the guy tight end. That, that, that is the career arc that he is on at the moment. So what he needs to do now is to ensure that 
those numbers go up. On third down, he becomes the primary target. Now, if you look at this team offensively, they are not quite where they need to be yet, obviously. But if you look at skill positions in general, Chris Marshall, Trey Harris, um, those guys coming back. You have Jordan Watkins. You have Jalen Robinson. You have weapons on the outside. You have the all-time rushing leader in Ole Miss history, um, season-wise, coming back starting at tailback. You got Kedrick Roscano, who is a nearly consensus top 150 pick. He, he's a really great running back. And you have Ulysses Bentley IV, who was um, all AAC two years ago. So you have a stable running. You've got skilled players all over the field offensively. And your quarterback is a former Gatorade National Player of the Year who just, you just look at the skill set. He's got some stuff to clean up, but you also have to remember when it, when Matt Corral, just like Michael Trigg, when Matt Corral was at the same point of development that Jackson Dart is in right now, everybody had given up on Matt Corral. So that... Those snaps, that development, Jackson Dart should be ahead of where Matt Corral is, was whenever he took over. I, I'm, I'm really interested to see what 2023 could bring for that kid. Now, we're going to talk in the second segment of the show about some trenches additions that we need to watch. And two that might be ready to pop fairly quickly. Um, but we'll mention those names as well. So I, I, I'm pretty excited about that. But specifically about those names, one of them does not fit what we do right now. And I have a theory, and it's just a theory. It's just me spitballing. I mean, we're all allowed to have opinions here, right? Just me spitballing. I think the slowness on the defensive side of the ball is from a percent, a shift in philosophy moving forward. And it may be Pete Golding. It may not be Pete Golding. That's, that's not my point. But we will talk about players that fit different type systems in the next segment. But right now, let's all celebrate Caden um, Priestcorn because he is a really good football player. Now, I talked for six minutes about him and without bringing up his brother. Um, his brother is a tight end that is being recruited by everybody. He's a four-star in the class of 2024. Um, I think he has a chance to be a really good player. He's like a 6'5", 215-pound wide receiver, so we are wide receiver slash tight end at the height he is now. But he's a really good player. Like All the tight end people – are on him. The people that normally have a good tight end, they're on him. And he has a chance to be really, really good. We will follow him. Um, honestly, the next time I get John Garcia on, I'm going to ask about him. Because when they asked um, Caden about his brother, and he said... His brother's name is Brady, by the way, Brady Priestcorn. He said, um, will he join his brother in college? You know, that just a, that's a throwaway question. Everybody that covers a school asks that question whenever they have a relative that's a recruit. Don't think anything of that. But 
the answer is interesting to me because normally they're pretty good at just kind of shrugging off questions like that. Well, Caden said, he might. He laughed. He's got to see how I do, how I like it. And so I would imagine that the staff is, since they got him, they're going to full court press Brady as well. That's just a theory that I have, but it'll be interesting to see moving forward. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and calories, then you've got to have a big bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. If you're like me, where you want to eat health, where do you want to eat healthier, but you don't want to compromise taste, then man, I got something for you. You got to try Built Bar. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they are so delicious that you won't think they're good for you. Perfect for your New Year's resolutions. You know, what makes them so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is they're healthy. They're only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. So, and now you don't need to wait around to get your box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com and promo codes and all that. But now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs, or whatever. Or, if you're close to a Sam's Club, you can run in and grab a 13-bar box. With our hit flavors, brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later. It's amazing. They're expanding. Excellent candy bars. You know, every now and then, the free box just shows up. And it's just whatever new flavor that they're trying to promote. Always so good. So check that out. Go to Walmart. Go to Sam's Club. If you have the opportunity to get them, get them. They're filling and they are good. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Make sure and check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. It's Locked On College Basketball. It's available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. All right, let's look into the future. Let's grab our crystal ball. Let's figure out what's going on and with this Transfer window really about to take off, I think, in the next week because the window ends 18th. It's over the 18th. And then after that, you have to wait until like the end of April before it starts again. But from now until the 18th, we're talking eight days. So everything's going to have to really take off um, in the transfer portal. Now, there's two names that have popped up, and um, everybody says, you know, Ole Miss needs help in the trenches, both offensive and defensive line, and I will not argue with you. I may argue that some some, some schematic differences um, could, could make some players that we have on the roster better than they looked last year, but I'm not going to argue that we need more. Offensive and defensive line, you always need more, period. There's You can never really have enough. Whenever Georgia and Alabama and LSU and those guys beat you down, they beat you down on the offensive and defensive line. Skill players are pretty close. The offensive and defensive line is where they separate. So you always need more. So in the era of the transfer portal, you need to work because these are the guys that you would recruit. And if they're not Laramie Tunsil, 
they usually had a couple years of development they had to go through. They had to grow up. They had to reshape their body, things like that. Well, now during the transfer portal, you can let that be somebody else's problem and just kind of go and pick and choose whatever you need. And I think that is the case here. There's two one-year guys, basically running edge or a running interior offensive lineman, players that Ole Miss has a shot at. And we'll start off on the offensive line. Victor Kearney, I, I, I'm, I'm sure I'm bitch, butchering um, that last name, but it's C-U-R-N-E, Kern, Kearney. I, however it's done, I apologize um, for not being very aware of what's going on. He's a former honorable mention all-Pac-12 offensive lineman for the University of Washington. But whenever they changed coaches, he went from being a surefire starter to not necessarily the same thing because the offense is different. It's all about systems. And whenever he was doing the all-conference thing, he was playing right tackle. So he has history playing outside, but he's more of an interior offensive lineman, I think. He's got some bulk to him. He's 6'4", 320-ish, so somewhere in there. Let's see what his modern weight is real quick before we go. Yeah, 6'4", 320. He's from Houston, Texas and North Shore. That's Zach Evans. Um, school. He probably has some sort of a relationship with Ulysses Bentley, <clears throat> as Zach did. But he feels a need. And with Nick Broker going off to the NFL, this is a guy that you can kind of piece your offensive line together and get it at least back to where it was last year. Now, I do, like I said, schematically and everything going on, I think this offensive line is going to be better. It's just the way this works. Stuff like this works. This offensive line is going to be better because John Garrison is going to find his guys. They're going to do the things that accentuate their strength, and they're going to try and find a well-rounded offense. Last year was fun, you know, rushing for 3,500 yards and things like that. But what wasn't fun was every time we had to drop back pass, the pass protection breaking down. It wasn't because they were bad pass blockers. It was schematic, in my opinion. So I think John Garrison has his work cut out for him. And offensively, they have to figure out some things. But you have pieces skill-wise in place. Watch Chris Marshall High School film. You'll see Laquan just flashing all over that film. Trey Harris looks like Dante to me. I mean, you're, you're talking like what used to be number ones on Ole Miss's team. There's multiple of them that have come in. Then you have Jordan Watkins, Jalen Robinson, those guys, and the young guys, Aiden Williams. Watch Aiden Williams. Unbelievably smooth player. But offensively, it's going to come down to how well they fix the offensive line, in my opinion. I don't think they're going to run the ball as much as they did last year. Last year they were 70% run. This year they might be 60. And the offense will look a little bit closer to 2020, 2021. That's my opinion on that. Now, on the defensive side of the ball, since Josh Harris and um, Gene Patisse committed, the defensive side has been kind of slow. And it makes me wonder if somebody doesn't know something that's going on. And I have another question coming up about this target because he doesn't really fit what we do. He He's a... 
He's a, honestly a 3-4 defensive end. Not I mean 3-4 or outside linebacker is what he is. He's a jack. He's like a Will Anderson. And I say that to say this. is Should we be reading anything more into this? Because we're into the last week of the transfer portal. If you are going to evolve your defense and change it to where you need players that fit a different style, system, mold, fit, now would be the time to do it. You can't wait until a coach is hired. If you know a hire is going to be made, you need to go ahead and do what you can to try and bring people in to make that defense most effective. Now, I do not know that that is what is happening. But with Javante Jean-Baptiste out of Ohio State, it's what you kind of see happening. Now, Jean-Baptiste... Just a second. Yeah. Jean Batiste, six foot five, two hundred and forty-nine pound defensive end. Now he's a kid that well, I guess kid. I mean he's twenty-four years old at this point, twenty-three years old. Um, played in most every game this season. Had four sacks. Um, had a tackle for loss against Georgia in the playoff. It he's a player and a contributor. And now he is moving on for his last year in school at a different place that might be able to bring out a different amount, that might show something a little bit differently. And from everything that's going on and what they're reporting online and all of that stuff, he's apparently having a very good visit. So much so that I think he even extended it so he can keep talking to the coaches Um and that tells me there's a lot of interest there. I think this one might be the next one to pop, honestly, if one does. He's a really good player. And if this type of defense fits, all right, let's look at this defense with him in it. Because he would honestly be a Sam Williams player from the Mike McIntyre days. See if that makes sense to you. And... You could easily see the middle being filled up by Josh and Xavion Harris. On the outside, you've got J.J. Pegues. And then on the other side, you put another strong side defensive end type thing. And the inside really handles business. There's not a size issue there. If nothing else, they are, they are taking up double teams because that's what you want them to do. Then you take somebody like Javante Jean-Baptiste or Jean-Baptiste, put him out at that jack, the same position that Will Anderson plays at Alabama, by the way. But he's an outside linebacker. He does different things. But it's a way for you to do over-under and all this stuff defensively and still have the three, four systems. Because Alabama, when they want to, can show you a five-man front. With Will Anderson on one side, Dallas turn on the other, and it's like, hey, you want to run the ball on us? Bring it. And Jean Batiste is that Will Anderson type player. I'm not talking talent wise, I'm talking stylistically. 6'5, 250 pounds, get your hands up, getting after the quarterback from time to time. You need somebody on the other side, which I think the person on the other side is going to be Santorin. Um, and they're going to wreak a little havoc if they get together on the defensive line. And 
I think this defense has a chance to be a little bit differently. You might see the Harris boys play more of a nose and then J.J. Pegues play a three-teat technique in a four-man look. Because if Pete Colding comes in, one thing that he was known for at UTSA was a four-man front. He didn't run much three-man stuff. Now, like I said, most defenses are over and under type stuff where you put the players and what you call the positions don't really matter. But it could work. It'll be interesting to see. He's somebody that I look to pop moving forward. All right, when we come back, we are going to talk about some things that are on fans' minds for 2023. So as we, as we wrap up the 2022 season, this is the way too early Look ahead to 2023. Also, tonight, um, Pratt Rogers will be making his debut, potentially, if there's technology bugs, does not jump up and get us, um, with his perspectives. Because we're all about perspectives and commentary on this channel. We don't care about news. We talk about what you're talking about, we give you commentary on it, and we get other people's opinion on it. That's what we do. That is not really a difficult business model. Um, but... You know, there's so much stuff that's going on, and, you know, this is just a really cool thing. So when we come back, we will talk about that. Stick around. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube page. Hit the channel, um, the bell for notifications, and, of course, comment by leaving a message down below and upvoting the video itself. Thank you very much for that. All right, moving on to 2023. This football season is an interesting deal, and we're building the roster, and they will continue to build the roster, and we won't have a real idea of what this team will look like in 2023 until June. That doesn't mean we're not going to talk about it. We're always going to talk about what they do and what they look like right now, but when you look at what they could be in 2023, these are the questions that are on the fans' mind. First of all, this fan base is unbelievably frustrated with the offensive line situation. John Garrison has his work cut out for him, and not necessarily because they're a problem or anything like that. It's just that they want it to not be a weakness. They would rather the wide receiver group be the weakness. They would rather, as it is historically, the running back group is the weakness. They are struggling with the offensive line group being the weakness of the offensive side of the field. And we'll see what it looks like. This is year four for Lane Kiffin. Any talk about what's going on before and what's happening, it's all on him at this point. And he's making upwards of nine, nine and a half million dollars a year. He's going to have to answer and deal with a lot more scrutiny than he's used to. And he, when he signed that contract, that's what he signed up for. And we'll see with this offensive line and the direction they go. Because we talk about the next thing. Recruiting and the transfer portal is a lot harder this year. And it's not because everybody's in it, because that's everything they say. It's because other coaches have weaponized Lane Kiffin leading, leaving against him. It is harder to convince people that you're not going anywhere whenever it's happened every single offseason. Every time a job comes open, his name comes up. Now, whether he plans on leaving or not, that's irrelevant. 
All he has to do is um, all they have to do is deal with the smoke over a, it's the same period of time. He doesn't answer it. They use it against him, and it becomes something that people recruit against him with. He is going to have to figure out a way. I'm saying 2023 and this year, from this moment on to the end, a different way to handle this situation because this is going to be weaponized. And if you're not careful, they will win. This is a hard reputation to recover from. He needs to nip it before it gets any further because it will be really hard for him to be a successful college football coach with other coaches using this against him. Not just what was going on in 2021 or whatever when Ole Miss was winning a ton of games, but when things go poorly the way they went and they went off the rails this season, on top of all that, there's a lot of negative that makes it hard to recruit your way out of that. 2023 is a pivotal season for him, both on the field and off, because if he can recruit well, if he can hit the portal well, if he turns the team around and they can win some games on it, 2022 will completely be forgotten. Nobody will even mention anything about it. And when other coaches try to use that against him, there's wins and losses that it's like, hey, no, look at this. Does this look like a team that was distracted? That is why 2023 is important. If 2023 goes poorly, and by poorly I mean 7-5-ish, and five -ish, other teams will have another bullet to put in that gun to use against Ole Miss recruiting-wise and in the transfer portal, which makes it harder to keep shaping that roster around. Because up until this point, I don't care what anybody says, he's done a decent job of building up the roster. He just needs to use it. And we'll see how that happens. Will he change anything significantly going into 2023? Will the staff make over happen again? I am not 100% sure. It'll be it'll be interesting. Javante Jean-Baptiste, um, Victor Kone, Kerne has has a chance to be pretty good. That's pretty they would be both be pretty good transfer portal pickups. But we'll see what this looks like. Will the offense look more like it did in 2021 or will it look like it did last year? Will the team be 60% pass or 70% pass? These are all questions that are on the fans' minds in 2023 when they're looking forward to the next seven months of nothing where they're just going to fill this vacuum of information, trying to figure out a way to will the season closer. These are the questions that will be on their mind. Should be pretty interesting, honestly. Anyway. Thank you, though, for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. You know, make out you make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, hear from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. It's Locked On College Basketball. It's available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Hey, that's going to do it for today. Tonight, if technology doesn't jump and get it, Pratt Rogers first his debut, his first time to come on and give his perspective about Ole Miss sports. And again, if you think you got something to say about Ole Miss football, I will put you on the air. That's something I've always done. What I did with Kara, that's what I did with Derek, that's what I did with Tom, that's what I did with Tim, and now that's what I'm going to do with Pratt. So we'll see exactly how he goes tonight. So that should be a lot of fun. Also tonight, 
Um, Twitter spaces on the transfer portal. We've invited Mike Huseman to come by, so maybe he will come tell us about transfer portal targets and things like that. Um, So that should be a lot of fun as well. So anyway, thank you very much. Have a fantastic day, and we will see you tomorrow. Hotty toddy. Peace.